Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is episode 14 of Dumb and Drummer. We have our guest today, Corey Richardson from SoundSlice. How you doing, Corey? Hey, I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. So uh, let's just uh, get right into it. Uh, talk to us about SoundSlice. Like, how do you got? How did you get started? What What's the program? Uh, just for viewers to get you know up to speed. Yeah, right on. So if people haven't seen SoundSlice the way I always describe it, which is uh, maybe not totally accurate, but I'm going to go for it. It's kind of like musical closed captions. So if you're watching TV and you've got closed captions turned on with subtitles, um, you know, you can see the text of whatever the actor or the commentator is saying. Um, Sound slice, in my view, is that with notation. So you can take real recordings, whether those are videos from YouTube, uploaded audio, uploaded videos, and put notation that syncs directly along with the timeline of that recording. So if you're watching a YouTube video of a guy telling you how to play a song on guitar and, you know, they strum their, they strum the guitar on the chord G, like you're going to see the G chord light up in sound size notation as they're doing it. Um, so that, that's kind of like the magic of what it is. It's a web-based notation platform too, which means um, you can edit notation right in your web browser. So if you think of like Sibelius or Guitar Pro, MuseScore, imagine that, but directly in your web browser. So you can mm -hmm. create notation on the fly. You don't need to download anything. Um, and that's really great if you're a teacher, you can share that stuff with your students who don't need any specific operating system. They don't need any specific device. So like we're a web-based notation platform and that's for people who want to create things and it's for people who want to practice and study. So that's kind of like the quick, what is SoundSlice sort of thing. And it's also free. I mean, yeah. there, I mean, it starts off as being free, which is, which is pretty crazy to me actually. Now yeah, that that's something say it. people tell us, like, why don't you charge for the notation editor, you know? Because when you think about the history of that industry, there's Sibelius, which has kind of a big price up front or finale. And like, mm -hmm. uh, there are free things now that exist out there, like NoteFlight and like SoundSlice. But it is kind of a seismic shift in that world that you could actually start using tools for free. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm kind of curious on that. Not to put you on the spot, and this isn't on the list of questions, but like, why why don't you offer like a free 30 day or two week trial? Like, there's literally no other. Well, I'm not saying no other, but if it's like HBO Max or Hulu or something like that, they they give you a taste, but then you need to pay. So, what I mean, that's cool that it's free, but what what was the what was the rationale behind that? Well, I think um, we have been fortunate and the way we make our money isn't totally dependent on um, people just having access to the creation tools itself. So like for us, we license out the technology to bigger companies that use it in their curriculum, whether that's websites like TrueFire or the Berkeley College of Music uh, online uh, or Drumeo, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so like for us, keeping those customers happy and like building out technology for them so that they create their lessons in SoundSlice and have them look amazing to their customers. Like that's that's where we spend a lot of our time. Okay. Um, and it's like how it's, you know, a big part of how we keep the lights on um, the creation tools. I think that's I think that's just part of what makes the product so good and like that we want people to be able to experience right away. Like if you can't see how easy it is to create in SoundSlice, then maybe you won't, maybe you won't actually 
see how beneficial it is. I'm, I'm not sure. But like, the thing is, we don't have to charge for it. And uh, it's kind of cool that we can just give out as much as we can. Yeah, that that, that is that is amazing. Um, and, and I know my, my experience with Sound Slice has been so good, like from the very, very beginning. Uh, and, and the only reason why I did pay, no offense, you know, I definitely want to support you guys, but the only reason why I did pay is so I could upload my own custom uh, video and audio. Otherwise, uh, just so everybody who's listening knows, you don't need to have a paid plan to do that. You can still upload YouTube videos. I think there's a couple other, other options I never use. But if, yeah. you, if it's on YouTube or it's on a uh, you know website somewhere hosted, then you can just put in the link and it'll yeah. from that site. Exactly. If you're if you're transcribing or you're creating notation from a YouTube link, that's totally free. Um, you can use the notation editor and sync it up and then share that on what we call a channel, which is kind of like a social media page for your own transcriptions and lessons. And you can publish right there. Um, the things we charge for are exactly what you're saying when you start uploading your own content or maybe you want to share that stuff privately. Uh, with students or maybe with friends, but you don't want it kind of out there in the open. So those are the kind of things where like it actually costs us more when people upload their own videos. We have more bills to pay because we oh, yeah, have yeah. to host that content. So then we need to actually start putting a price tag on something. For sure. Uh, we, we try to talk a lot about bridging the gap between like the the beginning drummer who's, you know, self-taught, doesn't know much, that sort of thing. And then also like the really is to, hey, I've been playing for my whole life and I've always taken lessons and I have a degree or whatever. So like, how do you feel like Sound Slice bridges the gap between those two types of drummers? That's a really cool focus, first of all, that you guys do that. Like that's, that's really awesome. Um, I think Sound Slice has a pretty natural, is a pretty natural bridge to that. So like the biggest change I can think of in music education in my life was being exposed to YouTube and just being able to see um, the way music was produced. So I'm a guitar player by trade, mm -hmm. uh, being able to see the way people were making music just made it easier to understand for some reason in a way that like went past the aural like when you hear it it just seemed a little more tangible yeah especially that you can slow things down in the youtube controls like if you go to settings and like, shift mm -hmm. it down to 75 percent 50 percent like oh man like this is crazy but it is uh like formidable like you can get it like if you just sit down long enough and you just keep backing it up and doing it over and over and over again like you will get it um, and I think, uh, sound slice is like a natural extension of that tool with the added benefit of the notation or the tablature. Yeah. And, um, so for somebody coming in fresh, if they can see content that's in sound slice, I think they are getting that tangible, um, it's, it's really hard to explain, but I think it is much easier to understand like how music can be made if you can slow it down with these kind of resources. Absolutely. And the practice environment of being able to just loop something and see the notation, like there's something, um, there's something about memory, I think, that when you actually see the notation, it helps you remember it. Like, mm -hmm. um, so putting those two elements together from the different mediums, the recording and the notation and the looping, I think it just ingrains concepts a little bit deeper. So like for someone getting started, 
I don't know. I don't think you could have a totally better situation than like that kind of learning environment. So just um, a quick question, because, but yeah. you said it has, there is a loop feature on there so you can pick a particular portion of whatever yeah. video you're watching and loop it. Okay, that's cool. There's a, there's yeah, a lot so of things out there that I wish had that simple feature. Right. Yeah, if you click and drag any part of the notation in SoundSlice, you just create a loop. And awesome. <laughs> you can, that sounds simple enough too. Right. <laughs> That's that's what I really love about the program is that and, and, and I mean I guess we could just spend the rest of the time just you know like stroking your ego on the yeah. on how good it is but like it, it it just it it there's no point where I feel like overwhelmed right on like it's and I think that uh I think that was the goal in the beginning like like this should be accessible to like I I really don't want to knock finale it's not very user friendly like there's a big learning curve for finale and, and it took me a long time. And then coming back, I took like a break for like 10 years and then coming back to it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. You I don't know. Rusty speedy entry. And how do you do text? And to, to Brett's point with looping, I don't even know how you do that. And even the playback, the playback on like sound slice is so much better than anything I've used. Just the playback interface, like the playback code or whatever is, it's just like the way that you want to do it. if you want to do it 50 percent and you want to do a certain section it's just it's just a couple clicks and it's fine and then you also provide a lot of help resources as well right uh to, can you talk about that like you've you've really made a big push i feel like in the last year to come up with more instructional videos and you know posting that on the instagram a little bit more i'm glad well. you've seen that that has been like a big effort this past year uh especially you know coming into the pandemic um we, for the first comment about the playback, I think that's because, you know, we are, we're musicians uh, as we build this and we're familiar with DAWs and those sorts of things. And putting that, uh, you know, putting that kind of spin on playback seems really natural to us and sounds like to you too. So like, you know, that makes sense. But for the help content, yeah. At the start of the pandemic, we had a pretty big influx of teachers and artists who started using SoundSlice to teach students remotely, mm -hmm. which um, makes a ton of sense. And it kind of took us by surprise, but um, we had a huge effort on our end of just like, how can we help out these teachers get their digital content into, into the platform faster? Um, just breaking down all the basic questions that they had about how to even use it. So it was kind of like all hands on deck for like six months at the start of the pandemic. And we got some amazing feedback and we even did like a couple, we did two series of interviews with different teachers that were using the, um, using the platform with their students remotely and like did like a blog write up and just kind of learned about what was going on. And it was cool. It was like, oh man, there are a total huge range of people that are using this for remote education. There was a, like a, conservatory in Argentina. There was somebody who wow. was in a military band ensemble. Um, then there were just private teachers. There was a University of Arizona had like a percussion instruction program, like the gamut, you know, stuff we had no idea about. That's awesome. It was awesome. Um, and following that kind of ramp up period of just getting all these new teachers up to speed, we were like, all right, it's time to document what we have and turn, you know, put together some kind of help center. And that's exactly what we did. We spent the next couple of months 
building up all of these help documents like how do i do this in sound slice what is sound slice good for mm -hmm. and that includes the videos you're talking about which is everything from like how do i use the notation editor to what's a good idea for like how do i transcribe music it's almost more yeah. general like what does it even mean to transcribe music um how do i create lessons in sound slice like all all the basic stuff you're talking about like we made a push to be more visual about in creating those videos and i think it's helped like it is fairly new for us like probably in the past six months so we've made a big effort there well it puts less on the support it's less emails less time you have to answer questions and things like that you just refer people to uh, a help center and if you have this sort of software and you don't have some sort of help like part of your site or whatever that that's what you're gonna have to deal with is just an ass load of questions like on a continual basis and then you can't make the product better you're just because you're just offering support it, it email is or something we do get a lot of emails um and we you know we get back to them as fast as we can and uh hopefully this does help for some of the repeated questions you know no doubt but it's also great when we like we do keep track of the stuff we hear even if it's repeated in our own yeah. like little internal tracker of issues because like there's so much stuff that we still have to work on and if we keep hearing the same thing over and over again, we just make a note of it, note of it. And it's like, all right, this is probably a good thing to focus on. It's still, even if we have a solution for it, maybe it's still confusing. Someone still doesn't understand why or what yeah. this does. Um, or, or for what I'm trying to do, I need it to, I need to be a chameleon. I need it to be, you know, mm -hmm. one feature I will absolutely never use. And then somebody else is like, if you don't have that feature, I can't use the program. Like yeah. it's not beneficial to me at all. Like, uh, I had, a. um, Somebody reach out to me on Instagram and say, hey, do you want to try our transcription app or whatever? Like, we're going to release it soon, da-da-da-da. We're looking for, like, beta testers and things like that. And the hi-hat opening on the drum notation was on the um, top line of the staff. Hmm. And I was like, uh, are you, are you going to move that? And they're like, no. We, 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 we've gotten feedback on it, but that's just the way that Blah, blah, blah. And I get it, you know, coding and stuff like that. You can't just be like, well, let me just fix it. I'll have it done this afternoon. Like, it's a little bit more complicated. But I'm like, I can't use your program, man. Like, I like your program, but I mean, that's a deal breaker for me. If it's not if it's not PAS notation, Percussive Art Society, no, no, you know, standard notation, yeah. or the option to do that, or you don't have a workaround, like, I can't make PDFs, I can't make turns. People will be confused. They're like, I don't know what that is. The The top line is usually for ride symbol. Yeah. So, so yeah, like on the on the actual line, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like the uh, the F the F line at the top of the staff. Yeah. So so yeah. things like that. But but yeah, um, I, I'm glad that um, there is the help network. I think that really helps uh, for somebody trying it out for the first time as well. Like I'm gonna have a million questions, <laughs> and how stressed out do I want to be? You know, learning this thing. Am I gonna have a support network? And you guys are so good at answering emails. Like it's, it's so crazy. Like you're, you're, you're so fast. And sometimes I'm like, wow, you just, you must just sit at your computer and just wait for these emails to come in or something. It helps that we are spread out across three uh, time zones, like pretty big time zones. So the founder is Adrian Halavati and he lives in Amsterdam now. Yeah. He and always responds at like three in the morning or whatever. Yeah. That's probably why. <laughs> that probably helps. Yeah. But uh, I'm in Chicago, and then the designer is in Ireland. So we have some like global coverage of time zones, which is pretty rad. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And Adrian was a big, is a big proponent of just like feedback from users. Um, uh, uh, pretty militant about it in a way. Like, <clears throat> I think people get surprised when they get an email from the founder or from somebody that works at a company, like within an hour, within 10 minutes sometimes. Oh like, yeah. Did you just write me back right now? And did you just fix that code? Like right now? Like that's amazing. I mean, how many times have I sent in things like that? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 if, if I had a record, I, I probably sent in, and again, this isn't like, well, I want to get you on to talk about how, how I've improved your product or whatever, but I mean, I have sent in, I'd say in the last year, at least like 50 different things. I mean, it's just like either there was a technical glitch that just needed, you know, to be addressed right then and there, or it's like, hey, from a user perspective, it would be really nice to be able to have this. Yeah. And then not once have you ever been like, yeah, we might get to it. We're a little busy right now. That's not really important. I've never gotten the impression that you're like, eh, well, you got bigger fish to fry, man. You're just like one person. So it's all good. Like, we'll just skim over it. Like you've, you've, your attention to detail for that sort of thing is, I think that's what, that's my favorite thing about the product, honestly, is, that's is awesome. the support and the attention to detail. Cause like, there's so many other people that can offer what you're offering. I mean, not in the. Not, I mean, I, I think you're the best, but like, I'm saying there 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 are options, and you've na- yeah. you've already named a few. So like, as people are shopping around, like, what's going to set you apart? What's going to close them on using you versus you know the other half dozen options they have? Support is a big thing for a lot of people, so I definitely appreciate it. I'm really glad to hear it, and yeah, the feedback makes the site better for everybody in an instant. That's like the cool thing about a web app, as opposed to like a downloaded program. If you download a program, maybe every two months you get an update that's like, "We fixed twenty thousand bugs." You know, yeah, install yeah. it whenever you get a chance, and you have like ten gigabytes for free, please. Yeah, um, yeah. For a web app, it's just we hear from somebody something's messed up, or it could be better. We fix it. And the next time you refresh the page, it's that way for everybody. It's better. Tight, tight. Um, and we get that even so like in the, we have a, a store as well where independent artists can sell their own lessons and transcriptions, which are, you know, it's it's an amazing way to actually deliver instructional content. Um, sometimes we get feedback that like, hey, there's a mistake in this person's so-and-so's transcription. And that's mm-hmm. not like a coding problem. That's a music problem. But as soon as we fix that, it's fixed for everybody that ever bought it. And it's similarly, similarly cool to be that um, synchronized in our solutions. Well, that also helps with uh, like embedding because you, you can have the you can take the code. And this is only something I've done once, but you can take the code for a slice and put it on a website. And then you have a little uh, like a little player mini sound slice interface. But let's say I mess up the transcription and I'm missing a bar and I fix it on the actual slice, the embed code actually updates automatically, which is to me is like a complete mind job. I'm like any other situation, if I publish something and it's wrong, I have to take it down and republish it. That's just common sense. So you, so once you've transcribed something, like, like you said, you mess it up, you don't have to completely take it down and upload a new thing. You you can actually edit the transcription. Yeah, man. Um, and that's like, isn't that just a mind boggling? (laughs) That's awesome. PDFs need to go away forever. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just send me a link where, because I've had situations where, uh, I think for the first, year that I used the program, I, and I talked to you about this, I don't know if you remember because I sent you a million emails, but I, I put the bass drum on the bottom line. Yeah, of on the E line, right? On the E line, yeah. Yeah, I do remember. And there's a bunch of different ways to notate bass drum. Yeah. 
no one ever called me out and I published probably a hundred transcriptions uh, uh, from SoundSlice on my social media pages. No one ever said, hey, that's like a floor tom or something like that. Like no one ever, because I mean, it, bottom line, you know, it, it looks like it's common sense. But yeah. like that, I would go back now and update because I'd be anal about it. I'd go back and update it. And now like to a lot of people, none, n- they're none the wiser. Right. Because they don't have any, there's no links or anything besides the video I posted on social media. If they go to the link that I provided, the bass drum will be right because I went back and adjusted it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's that that's cool for that situation. But there's so many practical applications as well From for being a teacher. You have a couple hundred lessons on and you need to make a change. Let's say that the change that I brought up, mm-hmm. think about how much work it would go in to manually update all oh, of my lessons because my bass drum's notated wrong. Imagine yeah, if you had a, to like print all that material too. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I, I guess this slightly off-subject question, but just yeah. is is does the app work on mobile at all? Yeah, it does. And actually, we just made a huge advancement on the editor side. So, uh, yeah, it works on mobile. Uh, you can load up a notation on uh-huh. a tablet, on your desktop, on your phone. And one of the cool things about it is that we render that notation so that it fits your device screen as best, you know, as many systems as possible without being too scrunched. Right. You can still change the size if you want. You can still zoom. You can make the notation bigger or smaller. Awesome. Um, and like compared to like the dark ages of PDFs on tablets, like that no, PDF just gets crunched or yeah. expanded to uh-huh. some completely unhelpful level. If you were practicing or performing, it's essentially useless. So yeah, yeah, it definitely runs on mobile. Um, and last week we made a huge update to our notation editor so that the note entry stuff works way better on tablet. There's like a little keyboard, like a visual keyboard that pops up now that you can just type in musical notes awesome. and do note entry. And so for a while that was like a pretty big gap is that entering music on mobile was not so good. Um, but viewing it was always really good. So now we're we're coming up to parity with like entering being an improved process. Because I'm definitely one of those people that like if I if I don't have to hop on my computer, I won't. I do a lot yeah. of things on my phone, mm-hmm. and just be, being able to do that, it just it's convenient. To like like Jeff was saying, if you realize you have you screwed up something, I can hop on my phone and edit that thing right then and there, not have to worry about getting home, yeah. logging in, then doing the whole process. Yeah, if you were with a band and you were working on a chart or a lead sheet or something and you realized something was messed up in it, like in theory, in rehearsal, you could just hit the edit button on your chart and change it there. And That's then, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I have another off-topic uh, question, which Dude. are always the best questions, by the yeah. way. Um, so you play a lot of wedding gigs and you play guitar. Have you religiously converted your bandmates to using Soundslice? So no, um, <laughs> I, I haven't, because uh, I don't run this wedding band. I just, I'm a hired gun and they do use like Fourscore, I think. Um, Fourscore? Yeah, I think they use Fourscore. Well, I don't even know a, what that is. It's an old uh, music music viewer for iPads. Uh, it's like a boy band from King of the Hill. Oh, is it? Is it, is it really? <laughs> I, I know exactly the episode you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's the name of the band, Four Score. Four Score. I just saw that episode. I love that Hank is like really into that band because he thinks they're wholesome and then he goes and they're kind of shaking their booties. And then they they pull off. They got the short shorts on and stuff. Right. 
four score. That's funny. I'm sorry for that digression right there. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's a worthy digression. But no, that's a that's a fair point. I haven't um I haven't gotten uh the evangelization spread to the wedding band. But so before the pandemic, I was playing a lot of musical theater. Like that was my main thing musically. I'd play in the orchestras for different productions in Chicago. Um, I was actually a regular sub on, on Hamilton here. So like that was like nice as, as cool as it gets for me. Like music. Yeah. Awesome. And the guitar chair is a lot of fun, um, but I would practice using sound slice. So okay. all the notation is very like it's actually on big paper um, so that, you know, you can make your own notes and everything. And the engraving is super clear. Like they do a really good job engraving that kind of stuff. But I would always bring uh, recordings to practice at home and I would just throw them up in sound slice. And I had a friend of mine that was also a sub on the show in the bass chair. And like, I would just give him sound slice resources and he practiced the same way. Yeah, I remember um, I gave, um, I gave the guy that I hired to play guitar on my solo project. I, I, I tabbed all the guitar out for the first time in sound slice. And then I sent him the shared links without publishing it to my page. Mm -hmm. And he had everything done in like a month. And he came back and he was like, man, that was like the cleanest experience I've had tracking for anybody. Because like I would make notes within the slice. And like he didn't ask me what's the what's the rhythm or what's the orchestration of the chords or whatever, like how long you hold them out and stuff like that. Like it's not just giving him tab and then saying, well, you didn't hold this chord out for long enough or this is, it's this kind of rhythm. Cause I have the rhythms down. That's fine. It's the, it's the melodies and the tab that I struggle with, but I still got it done. But tempos, uh, time signature changes, uh, little notes like, Hey, this is a, this is actually a hammer on. This isn't, you, you, you can you play all these as hammer ons instead? Like the so whole you can process. Little, like margin notes as well. almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can leave notes. Um, you can um, you can do like lyrics. You can do um, you know display the the tempo, display the uh, the the time signature. Obviously, the time signatures. But any of the, like for tab is different than drums. Obviously, because if I want the the strumming pattern to be a certain way, you can't just notate it like you would on on drums. You have to notate it like the notes are tied together or yeah. written like. Maybe you put an, a quarter note right next to an eighth note, and you would never do that in like I would never do that in percussion. I just put a eighth note and an eighth note because it's just. Now you also you also said tab. Does sound slice do notation and tablature? Yeah, so it started as just tablature. The founder is a really good gypsy jazz guitar player, and um, initially it was just a tablature pr- platform. So that like when it, I came into working at Sound Slice probably I think three years after Adrian created it. And I knew it first and foremost as a tablature only platform. Um, and I think the feedback initially was just like, I want to be able to use this with my violin students or my piano students. And that was like the next big push is to bring in standard notation. So yeah, it's fully tablature, fully standard notation supported. And, you know, you can have, um, we call it a slice, like a, a unit on the website is a slice. You can have a full orchestra score. You can have a full band that could be a rock band, could be a solo violin etude, like whatever you want to do. Who originally said, uh, why aren't there drums? And, and how can you count? How can we get them? Like, when did that happen? Um, that's a good question. Cause like we always, so from the moment standard notation was supported, you could always in theory upload 
like a music XML file that supported drums. It just wouldn't play back as the synthetic yeah, drums. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I can remember the impetus for like, hey, we really need to get percussion synth working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember even the note heads, like having to spend a lot of time mapping that. Uh, you know, some of those are cross note heads typically in, in the in the standardization. And I wish I could tell you, I don't remember. It's like 30% of uh, maybe a little bit more of drum notation is, is X, mm-hmm. X note heads. Now that, now that we bring that up and that's not the case, like if you play piano, you're not going to see an X on a note head. <laughs> like it's just not, it's pretty yeah. specific to drums. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is like trying to decide those rules. So I, I'm a percussionist by training. Like that was how I grew up and did marching band and all that stuff. And Adrian was a guitar player and didn't have any classical music background. So we definitely worked together on just figuring out like what is standard. And um, you do have to make some decisions in that department. Like you said, like some people debate, should the bass drum be on E or F? Like technically mm-hmm. some people do do it on E if you had a double bass pedal or something. Yeah. Um, but that's the weird thing about drums is that there is kind of a allowability of of craziness. I think that yeah that isn't is there much there for like piano. Well, the, the the biggest thing for me on drums is that the bass drum thing, and then some people also put the ride symbol on the top line above the, F. Yeah, and, and, and then they'll G. put a crash above. Yeah, they'll put on it on the a. G on the on the A line. Yeah, and then so yeah, so but if you're reading it back, it's like. Are you going to naturally gravitate towards, you know, oh, what well, was the top line? Well, you know, it's some sort of symbol. You know, you're not going to be hitting the crash every time. So it's it's kind of one of those like, <laughs> it's it's not a, it's not as important as like you put the snare on the middle line or something instead of the of the you know a space or something like that. That would be a that would be a little bit weird for me. Totally. I, I, yeah, like if I'm reading it, but again, like I'm saying, if I'm reading a chart, you have to also understand like I don't know if you read charts. And very often, Brett, but I, I never do. Like no. I'm, I ne- like I make my own charts for like auditions and stuff to make it easier. But I've I, I've never been in a situation, and I had formal lessons and stuff like that. But I've never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, you're going to join this band. Here's a chart. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, 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 that's why, actually, for the most part, I, I um, uh, what little uh, reading I do know how to do is uh, I've never been in a situation where I needed it. Mm. Yeah. And so I kind of just taught myself out of, I, I taught myself a little bit thinking it might be a necessity and it just, it's never come up. I'm not playing those types of gigs. Yeah. I, I, I would say uh, mo- most of the time that's, that's the case. I, I don't know if there's other bands here in Austin or something like that, that maybe they do um, want you to use a chart and they actually have the, somebody that can write up the drums or something, but uh, nine times out of 10, I get a CD or an MP3 with programmed drums on it. <laughs> I have to make it sound like a human playing drums. Exactly, oh, like re- recreate these parts is is normally the uh, and and I mean I, and ironically, it would be much easier to recreate the parts if you give me the sheet music. Uh, I think that's yeah, for me, documentation wise. Well, it's so cool what you did for the guitar boys doing the session that you mentioned earlier. How you could send them the part like that, like that's I mean that's probably a rare situation for somebody to get such like a detailed experience of here's what I want. 
Well, um, I mean, I I didn't want to I didn't want to mess around with it. I mean, I yeah. mean, re- recording an album can take uh, you know forever. I mean, my, my band's still working on on one, and it's been uh, in in October. It would have been a year. So I mean, it's just like finding the person to mix it and finding the especially if you're hiring people, you don't have a band and things like that. Then it can get it can get super difficult. Um, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Brett's got to hop off here in a second, so uh, just yeah. uh, we'll we'll do one more question here. So, um, I'm trying to choose here. <laughs> I like flies. six. You you like yeah? That's okay. That's what I was thinking. Uh, for people that don't know how to read music, what are your suggestions for getting a good start? Oh, that's that's cool. Um, so I like I said started as a percussionist, and uh, I thought learning how to read rhythm was actually an amazing foundation for just like general music learning, uh, notation learning. So I would recommend that. Like I would recommend learn how to read snare drum etudes uh, and start super, super simple. Um, I learned to sort of parse rhythm orally, uh, like using animal noises and then associating them with uh, written notation. So like four sixteenth notes, alligator alligator um, okay eighth note two sixteenth notes ant eater snake monkey elephant alligator monkey snake and i know that sounds ridiculous but it really doesn't le- learning basic rhythm reading and um being able to like audiate that way helped mm-hmm. me parse written notation so when i would see like you know when i would see a snare drum etude um, I wouldn't get so hung up on one and a two and a three and four and a one is a two is a three. I was just kind of like ant eater monkey alligator snake monkey snake 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 monkey snake and it, <laughs> I just <laughs> whatever works. It was just such a a leap forward because I started making music a lot faster than some of my peers. I think mm-hmm. and even going on to study profession like I I did go to music college for guitar. And, you know, I play in professional situations. Like I still found that like there were people that were not as strong in their rhythmic reading. And even if they could identify notes all up and down the staves, um, like rhythm is just crucial. And I think you can, I think you can branch off of that in a, in a, like a stronger way. So I think it's, I think it's an easier place to start. And I think it's more important in the long term. So learn how to read rhythm. That's so cool that you're like, where should you start? Snare drum. Yeah. Like even if you're a, a violinist or you're a, you're a guitar, guitar or even a singer, I mean, because if you don't know the rhythms, how are you going to ever read charts? Sure. Like, it, like I don't hear anything. Like, I, I mean, people can sight sing, but when I look at a piece of music, the first thing I look at, I mean, I know I'm a drummer primarily, but I mean, most people will see the rhythms and the cues. Yeah. And then, and then maybe you go to, okay, it's da-da-da, da-da-da-da, and then you maybe start singing the melodies or kind of tapping it out. But the first thing you see is black and white on the paper. That's all rhythm. It's all rhythm. You, and, you're not strong in the rhythm, then, I mean, good, good luck. Honestly, you can fake your way through stuff better with rhythm, like with the strong rhythm reading, too. Like when I was auditioning for jazz ensembles, playing as a guitar player, just doing a lot of comping and stuff, there might be like voicings that I wasn't comfortable with or uh, lines that would be a little more above my level level at a given time. But because I was used to reading drum charts and just like hits, mm-hmm. I could follow along and like if I fudged a few, you know, fudged a few voicings here or there, 
I was by far and away the best like suited to read in that band quickly. Like, cause the chart awesome. keeps moving. You can follow along. Like you're not hung up on, on like the minutia. Um, so I, I, I'm like a huge proponent of learning how to get good at reading rhythm first. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, speaking to the right people about it. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. You're, you're talking to two drummers. You're like, oh, where where should you start? Hmm. Let's let's uh, let's think for a minute. What what do we all agree on? At all, I swear. Well, when 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 you said you had wedding gates too, I was like, oh, you're. you're I just assumed you were playing drums. I, I don't know. I always assumed you were a drummer because you. I, I guess like there, you, you're just on a level where I think you deal with so many different people that you you're just very well versed in a lot of different instruments. I just. Sometimes if you ask really drummy questions, people are like, you know, right away, they're like, I play bass, bro. I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, you're going to have to break it down, but you've never asked for it. You're like, cool. Sounds good. I have everything yeah. I need. So I got the impression somebody knew drums. Right. On on. That That's end. cool. Um, I'm learning a ton, though, just like from what people post in SoundSlice. There's, there's been like total education on my end. Um, for Middle Eastern percussion instruments, I've like seen people post the DAF drum stuff I've never been exposed to. Um, definitely learning. Yeah. Learning awesome. Brad. Well, well, thank you again for, for coming on, man. This was, this was great. Thank to you so much. And uh, yeah. great to, great to see your face. Cause there's been a lot of digital communication, but I have no, no idea who you are, like what you look <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Jeff Brett, thank you guys for having me, man. And, and thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks thank everybody you. for listening. We'll see you next time.